0: Welcome to the TurfNet Renovation Report, brought to you by Golf Preservations and the Andersons. I'm Anthony Piopp, your host. Joining me today is Eric Johnson, he is the Director of Agronomy for Chambers Bay. Uh, uh, The golf course is in University Place, Washington, just outside of uh, Tacoma, and you may know it for hosting the 2010 US Amateur and the 2015 US Open. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So you guys just underwent a huge regrassing of your greens, correct? Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's start off with what you had there originally, and then what what the why the decision was made to change.
1: Okay. Uh, the greens were originally planted with fine fescue and colonial bentgrass grass mix, um, and they've worked fairly well, you know, over time. Yet. Um, I think the the biggest driver after the open was, um, you know, there was POA coming in before I arrived in 2012. And then, um, you know, there weren't a there aren't a whole lot of options for keeping POA out besides manual removal. And that's not a a long-term solution to keep things clean. Um, And uh, once the open was complete and, you know, the whole recovery process from the open was going on. The discussion was started on what, what's the future and what's our what are our next steps and what are the options to um, improve, excuse me, improve the greens. So, um, you know, a lot of discussion and uh, you know, you know, do you think creeping back grass or replant all of them with fescue again? And, you know, that was kicked around for a while and just, um, we just kind of went with the flow for the, you know, 2016. And, you know, the, the problem with having POA come in with, uh, and you have fescue is <clears throat> it wants to grow when the fescue and the colonial bentgrass isn't. So you basically have these little plants throughout the, the green surface that are growing while the rest is not. So that's not a very desirable surface right so you know went a little bit further discussion we said well there is a annual bluegrass sod source in uh, canada let's um look at redoing a couple of the greens just to try it out and see what we get out of the deal and so in 2017 in the fall we replanted um 7 10 13 and then had those on, you know, obviously temporary greens through the winter. right? And then reopened them in March of um, um, 18. And, you know, by the time we got into, had a pretty good winter and spring, and by the time we got into May of 18, they were doing really well. So kind of in that process of uh, 2018, early 2018, well, we We like what we see, let's uh, look at doing all of them. And then, you know, the the discussion initially was well, do we do three at a time, back nine, front nine? And then finally, somebody, um, I can't remember who suggested why don't we just bite the bullet and do them all at once in the fall of 18.
0: Now, now we should say this that you're a municipal golf course, correct? Yes. That one by Pierce County. Right. So you have the. The people involved in this making this decision are are not just from an agronomic golf standpoint. This is also the the county looking at this because of revenue flow.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, everything's considered. I mean, you gotta you want to keep the course open year round and have good greens conditions uh, December, January, all the way through. And not that Fescue had bad conditions in those uh, in the off season. It's just that it's not growing. And when you throw traffic on grass that's not growing, it usually doesn't recover very well. So annual bluegrass, as you probably well know, is the uh, threshold grass in the Pacific Northwest. So there's the only ones that aren't poa annual greens in the Northwest are brand new greens, basically. Right, so- Decision was, is we could, you know, in that whole thought process, we could kick it around and let POA just kind of gradually take over things, but that's a 10-year process, and um, we decided to hit the fast-forward button and um, replant the balance of the greens in uh, fall of 18. Did you have, I'm to ask you as agronomists, did you have agronomists
0: involved, those kind of people, to help you decide which grass?
1: Um, It was discussions with other superintendents, um, and, you know, and other camper sports has a lot of influence, um, throughout the country. And, uh, you know, Matt Allen, or, who is now our regional vice president was the GM at the time. And, um, you know, he's played a ton of courses and we all know what the pitfalls of POA and, you know, what the, um, final product of POA can be too. And, um, It was kind of a, you know let's let's get the show on the road and jump 10 years ahead and get annual bluegrass greens in and one little hitch in the giddy up was okay we have a sod source in canada but he only has a certain amount of sod available at one time and uh so talking with boss sod We go, well, what can we do? Because we needed, um, you know, basically 170,000 square feet, but he doesn't have that. So once we harvested in the fall, I go, well, what if we um, harvest your field in the spring, you know, create a giant nursery here on site, and then he regrows his field from spring until fall of 18. So then we basically have two nurseries going at the same time, one here and one up there. Oh, no kidding. And that's, that's what we ended up doing. We had about 90,000 square feet of annual bluegrass green sod on the property. Really? Um, and, you know, add that to our 210,000 of regular greens. So we are taking care of quite a bit of green space for the, uh, the bulk of 2018.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. So you're you're yeah. you're mowing you're mowing like a golf course and a half worth of greens at one time, or maintaining a golf course and a half worth of greens at one point.
1: Yeah, well, almost double. I mean, when I was at uh, another course, our, our green size total was like ninety four thousand square feet. So right. we almost had one eighteen holes of golf course plus our other twenty one greens of the of the regular
0: greens. Amazing. And so, tell take me through the process of um, of killing off or, or getting rid of the existing greens and then and then sodding
1: okay um well what we did the first time through is we just sod cut mainly just took out the old green you know cleaned up aerated with solid times and then relayed the sod after touching up some spots here and there mainly because we had to do this in season and just quick and dirty for 2018, um, for the other greens, what we did is took a praise mower in. And uh, basically, I don't know if you're familiar with the praise mower. It's the one that Yeah, but explain it just in case
0: some people well, aren't. Go ahead and explain it. Kind of
1: like a asphalt remover, I guess is the best analogy. Right. So you're taking off that upper inch and a half, two inches of existing grass and then hauling it off. And then we decided to um, rotor till the uh, remaining green uh, root zone mix before we um, touched it up and got it prepped for sod this time just because right. time of advanced aeration is the best way to put it. And uh, so we did that in um, October, I think by October 9th, we started resodding the first green. And what we decided to do being uh, where the sod farm is and British Columbia, their weather can turn cold a little quicker than us, so we decided, well, we'll clear their field first, and okay. um, harvest all that field and get that installed down here, and then whatever's left after um, after we clear their field, we'll pull from our nursery, and that's what we ended up doing. And it basically took us about five weeks total from uh, start to finish.
0: No kidding. Five yeah. weeks. And are you doing this now with just your crew or do you get additional uh, manpower for the project? Well,
1: for the phrase mowing and the hauling of the material, we had a uh, outside contractor come in. Okay. And that was Ridgetop Golf, uh, Kip Calbrenner and his crew. They came in uh, with Desert Green and had that stripped out and um, so got it ready. And another little thing that we were going to try to do in the process was um, harvest our nurseries with big roll sod machine and with the weather starting to get rainy up here uh, we just we just couldn't get that um, arranged because of their schedule trying to get other golf courses taken care of so we ended up harvesting our material by hand with uh, just a one man sod cutter and oh really okay Yeah. wow all right that makes for,
0: uh, for a much longer process, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I got some exercise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when when you were rototilling the greens, that's going to have an effect on the design of the putting services. Did you bring back in uh, Robert Trent Jones to or his people to work with, with kind of regrading or shaping uh, the greens?
1: yeah ed tono um he's a shaper that works for uh rtj2 for many years and uh he came in and then communicated with uh bruce charlton and and bobby
0: um you know with the original
1: maps and and the contours um contour maps and we you know went you can't get it exact obviously but uh, right and we also had the scans from the us open um Green putting surface guides and okay. about three different sources for greens grades. So if we didn't get it exact, we we're pretty darn close. And
0: and were there some greens that you use this as an opportunity to, to reshape because maybe they they were holding water or there was wear patterns or something like that?
1: Yeah, only one spot on number four green. There was a little bit of a bird bath that had developed over time for whatever okay. reason. And you know yep. we're talking. Tenth of a foot for in about a <laughs> four feet area. I mean, we're talking, it was a really that was probably the hardest spot to do though, because there weren't, weren't a whole lot of places to take it, the water quickly to get it out of that area. So it was a lot of, uh, it was just a lot of meticulous work to get it to work, you know, get the water to flow without really drastically changing anything, but we got it right in the end, right?
0: All right, well, let's do this. Uh, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors and we will be right back. Introducing Genesis RX 575, a comprehensive fertility and soil amendment product from the Andersons, specifically developed for construction, renovation, aerification, sprigging, sodding, and seeding. This blend of dispersing granule DG components provides the most comprehensive fertilizer the Andersons has ever offered with the goal of providing a single product solution designed to save time and application and reduce fertility program complexity. For a limited time, take advantage of a special introductory offer. For more information on Genesis RX 575, visit startwithgenesis.com.
1: From green drainage to sod work, golf preservations can handle your project with ease and give you the peace of mind that those professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Visit golfpreservations.com or call 606-499-2732 to talk to us directly about your next project.
0: Okay, we're back on the Turf Net Renovation Report. My guest is Eric Johnson. He is the Director of Agronomy at Chambers Bay. And we're talking about the regrassing of his greens from fescue to poa. And let me ask you this question. If you had to do it all over again, what would you do different as far as regrassing?
1: Hmm, that's a good question.
0: I get paid to ask questions, so I'm glad I, glad you like that one.
1: That's a tough one because, <laughs> I mean, really we didn't, if you look at all the options we had, I mean, you know, go back to fine fescue and then are we dealing with resurfacing every five to 10 years? Creeping bent grass is not necessarily antsy either. I mean, all those grasses that, you know, they're the quote unquote normal initial planting grasses are still going to struggle in the winter here and we're open during the winter. So, you know, you just look around at all the other courses in the area, they're annual bluegrass greens. And it's just, uh, like I said, it's just fast forwarding 10 years and and uh, getting getting the surface we want. And then, you know, I think there's a perception too, where you look at a, the new surfaces, they look, totally uniform which they are and in the past when you had fine fescue some colonial and some poa it, visually it looks bumpy and in times it is when fescue's not growing the poa is but uh, summertime it still looks has that mottled look which a lot of people really don't you know there's a negative uh, idea when you walk up to a mottled green right Right, even right, if you're not used to that
0: it seems like it's wrong even though it doesn't it doesn't affect play. Yeah. How many rounds are you guys doing a year?
1: Oh, in the mid 30s.
0: And that's spread out so that's spread out over 12 months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously December, you know, January if we get a stretch of, you know, ice cold weather, we're even if we're open, you know, it does slow down quite a bit. But you know, it it is twelve years, twelve months out of the year we're open.
0: Was the USGA involved in any of this? Because I would think that they'd like to be coming back to your place. Was, was they
1: were they involved in the decision making? In resurfacing, yeah. Um, I guess in the they were in conversation, but and they were totally supportive of our decision. Right. And do you have
0: anything on the schedule as far as national events?
1: Yeah, we have the men's floor ball in twenty twenty one. Okay. And that'll be a, that'll be a good test um, bringing the USGA back, and um, they should have a better feel of uh, of how things go. And hopefully, we get another one on the schedule.
0: So, tell me about your experience with the Open. Did you did, you were you were there for the for the you were not there for the AMP, correct? correct. And so tell me about your experience with the open. Did you I think my first question is did you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, I think so overall. I mean, even with all the negative stuff um uh, and you I think you're always going to have some kind of negativity in the with the open and um in any event, really. Um but overall, I think given what we had and um the conditions, I thought the playing conditions were I was a little bit overblown maybe on the negative part, right. but there' was still somebody won the event and right. um, they, they somehow survived
0: yeah and the and the best player at the to, best player in the world at the time won the event
1: i mean it was well and the, the other really cool thing is is you know i i've been in quite a few u um, s open as a volunteer and just the amount of volunteers that show up here showed up here was incredible. I think we had 135 or something like that. It's Insane. I mean, and it's, just great to have that kind of support out there at any time. I, I, I plan to go to the open this year at Pebble and I'm sure they'll have close to the same. It's just, uh, it's pretty cool to have that many people involved and, you know, it's a, it's a pretty fun time. Yeah, uh,
0: last year I volunteered at Shinnecock the week before the Open. Uh, I've known John Jennings for a while, and he said, "Look, we have 150 people the week of the tournament. I don't, I don't need anybody else, but we'd love you to come in the week before." And I came in with a friend of mine named EJ Altabello, and we mowed. Uh, we mowed for three days, you know, the week before, and it was amazing just looking. And I've done this is the second U.S. Open I've done. I've done, I did a Walker Cup with John. I've done a Women's Open, a Curtis Cup, you know, volunteer at the Travelers Championship every year filling divots, and it's just amazing when you see how much equipment is there. That's what, that's what just shocked me when we walked into the facility the first day to get on our fairway mowers, and you looked at how many were waiting to go. You know, we went out, I think 10 of us went out, then there was 10 more mowers that, or whatever, you know, some number like that, that
1: are were, were going to be used the next week. I mean, there's going to be 20 fairway mowers. Yeah, the resources that we have for these, the big events uh, is incredible. And, you know, you got to tip your hat to all the manufacturers that support these things. I mean, yeah, we had 22 mowers, fairway mowers, I think, like that, 20 greens mowers. And, you know, and just just not only that, just to have the bodies to run those things for that uh, week or two is incredible.
0: Yeah. There was one instance where I, something with one of my reels was, was off and, you know, I pulled into the shop and, you know, usually you come in on a course and I've worked on golf courses and you're like, that's not, that's a problem. You know, one of your fairway mowers and they're just like, yeah, here's another one. And just yeah. get off that mower. And here's, <laughs> you know, and then there's nine guys standing around my mower, you know, people from the manufacturer, people, the guys who are grinding the reels, you know, all that stuff, the the mechanics from Shinnecock and you know, it looked like a it looked like a a NASCAR pit stop. You know, yeah, and it was yeah, just and they're like, Yeah, just take this one. You know, and off I go. And it's
1: you know, it was inc- it's incredible. It just it's mind blowing. Yeah, it reminds me of O four. I mean, that was the first Yeah, I think that was the first big open. I was in at Pebble for two thousand, but O four at Shinnecock just the amount of uh mechanical support and, you know, grinding. I think they almost ground the reels every night or at least touched them up, you know, and you had, what, 20 grains mowers, and they'd just
0: bring it out, and they'd be ready in the morning. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy, Uh you know, and then, you, you know, you kind of look at it like, that's the fantasy world. Imagine if you had a third of that, you know what I mean, the, Of the, at your disposal on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. It's a lot of fun to do, you know.
1: Oh yeah, it's a great experience. I mean, just the meeting of new people and and uh, and being close to the action is uh, a great attraction and a
0: great experience. Right. Yeah. What I what I found interesting um, last year was how they tweak. They're still tweaking setup the week before the tournament. It's not like it's set in stone. They were making some decisions on winding fairways or. Or, or widening, you know, the first cut of rough, and, and I and I've, I've found that fascinating.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and just even the whole location setup process is, uh, you know, the first time I went through it was in 90, 99 for the USM. And, you know, it's a eight-hour day just to almost try to get through the whole golf course for, you know, what? All the whole locations from Monday through Sunday, right? And then uh, have some alternates for a playoff, right? It's and and back then it was, you know, not near the information we have nowadays. I mean, with firmness readings and moisture readings, and you know, got the bubble level out, and and you know, it's, it's amazing how much information is used in setting up the golf course compared to what it used to be.
0: Well, that concludes today's episode. Uh, I want to thank Eric Johnson from Chambers Bay for spending some time with me and talking about the regrassing of his greens. It was good to talk to you, Eric.
1: Yeah, thank you, Anthony. I enjoyed it.
0: All right, have a good one. You have been listening to the renovation report on TurfNet Radio.